Hi, I'm Maria Stolger and welcome to episode 48 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. My guest today is artist and actor Dee Smart. You may know her from the popular Australian television series Water Rats or from Home and Away or from her feature film roles, but you can now add the Archibald Prize to that list, having been shortlisted two years in a row with wonderful portraits of knitter and designer John MacArthur and this year dancer and choreographer Meryl Tankard. She took up drawing and painting after the birth of her first child and she honed her craft while she was still acting. It was incredibly inspiring to hear her talk openly about the catalyst for taking that direction in the middle of a struggle with postnatal depression. She's had three shows, including most recently beautiful mixed media works exhibited at Walker Gallery and which she's planning to make into a children's book. She's also delving into abstraction and will be included in at least two shows later this year. She's one of the most dynamic, down-to-earth and funny women you're ever going to meet and we had a lot of fun recording this interview. As always, all the works we talk about are on the website talkingwithpainters.com. Dee grew up outside Adelaide, the seventh of nine kids, but we pick up the conversation where she talks about her experiences of art in high school. And I hated school. I just was shocking at school, so dyslexic and, I, you know, just shocking. And the only thing I loved, of course, was the art. Uh, and So what you mean as in visual art, like, so drawing and painting uh, and that sort of thing? Look, yeah, I mean, that, that's the only thing I was good at at school. And, you uh. know, Mrs Young, her name was, Mrs Young, if you ever hear this by some chance, thank you. Because, uh, you know, I was at St Aloysius College, you know, with your, in your class and I remember one day she spent the whole class with a big paintbrush uh, in black paint across a huge white piece of paper and she said, one line, give me one big line. And mm. getting us interested in how a powerful, confident line if you made it all the way through without losing your mojo yeah. or if you were shy or scared, you know, you could see what that did. But we discussed that for hours and, mm. you know, um, and I was just, you know, I was so excited by that. Yeah. But, but I understand, though, that your first love is dancing back then. Is yeah, that right? It is. I was, yeah, mad about ballet. It was, you know, I was... I am still very energetic and it was uh, about, I was 15 and I convinced my dad that that I needed to go full time and he somehow he let me and so I moved from the hills down to my sister's house and I studied full time ballet. I don't know how I was allowed to, I have not, I still just, he didn't like it, you know, it was a bit mm. like you were showing off, you were a bit up yourself, you know, I, I, I still don't know how I managed that but I did. And after that one year, I auditioned for VCA, Victorian College of the Arts Dance School, and I got in. Oh. So there I was, you know, 16 on a train moving to Melbourne. Wow. And um, it was the most exciting time. You know, I'm in these incredible studios at 9am doing what I love. Next door to me is the drama school and next door is the oh. art school. And I, I, my, my rubber neck's just going... <laughs> Look at them over there. <laughs> but look at them over there. And I'd go oh, to the drama, yeah. you know, go and watch their plays. Oh and I just, God. you know, I thought it was great. And then I'd 
go and model for the artists, you know, in your leotard. They'd always get the dancers over. And I'd watch them and I'd go, this is cool, you know. Right. But I, I, I kind of knew that, you know, the energy in there was like, oof, I'm not up for that. It's, you could tell these dudes had to spend a lot of hours doing this over and over to get any fun out of it. Mm. So I was a bit like... What, too disciplined or was yeah, just too it just repetitive? it wasn't me at that age. I was just like, that serious, you know concentration and kind of stillness and I was like wow I love it I wish I could have you know gone to three schools at once it would have been yeah. great fun <laughs> but um all oh, right so they required you to basically dedicate your life to ballet oh you, yeah you couldn't you couldn't do anything else you couldn't you were exhausted too mm. exhausted all day mm. your feet your body was just killing mm-hmm. but it was at that time I reckon yeah I was 17 and I went to see Meryl Tankard dance in Peter Bausch now the the, so Peter Bausch is a is a Peter Bausch is a German company contemporary dance company Mm -hmm. and she's the choreographer Pina she choreographs all all the shows and they you know they're they're crazy Anyway, so at that time... So very modern, very, oh, yeah. Right. No one in the world was doing what she was doing. She was Martha Graham on roller skates. Mm. So what she did for contemporary dance, it, it blew it out of the water, mm. out of the water. Mm. And so just to get the feel of what, what was happening, I walked into the Palais Theatre and it was stripped. There was not a, you know, a curtain or a flat, not a rope, not a pulley, nothing. You could see straight back to every cement dirty wall in the theatre. Mm. And instead, she had rolled out real turf lawn on every inch of that stage and aisles. Oh, in the aisles as yeah. well. <laughs> so you can imagine when I walked in, the smell, the pungent smell was like, you know, you're lying on the lawn that your dad's just mowed, oh. you know. It was like, Pwah. and I'm going, what the these mofos are going to tear this shit up. What's, how can they dance on this stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it just, uh, I wasn't the same person again. And Meryl Tankard danced in that performance. Now, she was talking to the audience. Dancers didn't talk. They broke that third wall. You know, they came straight into the audience. Mm. And she made me laugh. She made me cry. Her, I mean, she danced with the Australian Ballet. She had technique, like strong technique. Yeah. But nothing on that stage and that performance was there to show off what she or anyone could do. There were no tricks. There were no pirouettes, you know, let's do 20 frappe turns. Not not one finger move was on that stage to be showy or to not be come from a truthful emotion. And it it was the first method acting I'd seen in dance. So I just walked out of there going, right, that's, this is not, I'm not going to cut it here. I'm, I'm going to be in a row of 20 people you know, in some obscure dance company that I'm not going to love and I hightailed it to the Ensemble Studios to study acting. So yeah. did you come to Sydney for that? I did. Right. I moved to Sydney and... Um, what actually, was that like? How was that? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah? It was, it, it was another, the most exciting time of my life. I never said I'm going to be an actor. I said I want to learn about it. I want to know what, how these people do this and... Uh, Hayes Gordon was the first teacher to bring method acting to Australia. You know, every week he would teach us a new technique um, of his. 
And then the second year of all that, I auditioned for Home and Away and I got into that. So yeah. off I went. Yeah, you know? so that was like, would you call that your big break? Mm. Look, i tell you what it was. It, it was. it was great learning because you had to be so quick. You had to come up those lines, hit that stuff and, you know, mm. which, you know, I was up for it because I'd just spent two years, you know, learning my shit. Yeah. So off I walked in there and... Um, when you say quick, you mean they're going to take that scene, you've got to just do oh, it you've and got, that's it. You, yeah, you, you, there's no time to muck about. You, there's no time to, you know, rehearse and... Actually, no, when we went, I think you had one afternoon where you rehearsed all your scenes... Um, in a hall somewhere and, uh, you know, up, whoop, whoop, and then you came into the studio, but you had to just get it out, you know, first, second time and, and move on. Oh, so, right. I mean, if you held things up, it was, you know, it wasn't, no one was happy chappies. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you just learnt, you learnt on your feet to, you know, hit your mark, hit, just mm, get your words out. Mm. Was um, it that you, so, so did you feel that wasn't what you were expecting for, in the way of acting? I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Mm. But it was good for me. Mm. And so, well, then you went on, you did, you know, you're involved in a lot of film and, and television. Yeah, you're in Water yeah, Rats. You, yeah. do, you were involved in many films. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward. Yeah. There was a catalyst for you to, to take up mm. drawing and painting, wasn't yeah. there? Um, you know, I had quite a, an incredible, really, for Australia uh, acting career and I was very lucky and it's a very adrenaline pumped uh job mm. you know there's a lot of pressure and I've always played the lead a lot mm. and or mostly probably or every time I did yeah and it kind of and it's a, and it's a very roller coastery kind of career because you know one minute and and you're always you've got a big family every every job you've got you know a very big family Mm. And I love that. Mm. I love the collaboration. You know, mm. you've got someone writing these incredible words. You've got someone making you look like this and dressing you. And then you've got your director guiding you for, your, mm. you know, the arc of your character. And you've got the other actor. Your work. I mean, it's a joy. Yeah. And then, you, then you're unemployed. And then, you know, the, you, you get rejected. And, and it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I think towards the end there, I'd really kind of, I had, you know, few emotional issues that I wasn't dealing with and I was partying a bit and you know hiding it through different ways like that and like all of us yeah and I was yeah. really skipping over you know my little daddy issues and you know stuff that I should have dealt with but I didn't and I was mucking up a bit and then I found myself you know I think pregnant I was four months pregnant when I walked off water rats mm-hmm. um were you ready to to leave no, acting no not at all not at all but I kind of look at acting like that bad boyfriend, you know. They keep dumping you. They treat you badly and you behave badly. You're not the, your best self when you're there. You muck up and do stupid twat things. And, and you know, mm. then he dumps you and you go chasing after him again. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you want yeah. that hit, that, you know, yeah. great pressure. I mean, when between, you know, action and cut is the most exciting, magical, adrenaline-driven moment you know it's I just it's freaking full on and you know there's a lot of pressure anyway so then I find myself at home with my new baby who I desperately wanted and she's the most divine creature ever mm. and I just started to not sleep and 
not sleep and not sleep and I just came down with a chronic postnatal depression, like very debilitating. And um, mm. it wasn't just the, you know, three-month thing. It kind of, that was nothing. You know, people go, oh, you know, the three-month blues and da-da-da-da-da. But I just became this completely raw, um, a, um, just a wreck, a real wreck. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't have family <clears throat> close mm. in, in Sydney. And I didn't tell that, anyone because I yeah. was completely ashamed of how I was in it. And I'm going, yeah, crazy, what's happening it? to me? I'm a, I, I honestly thought I would never sleep again, that I would be waiting for that baby to wake up and and I would never be straight ever again. And um, that kind of really snowballed it. I, I you know, I, it got so bad after a year was where it really got, it was the worst. And, I, and, I, and I've been in hospital, you know, getting medications and I remember going to the postnatal and the doctor looked more depressed than me and she's just like, writing scripts and throwing new medication at me. I was a walking junk, you know, yeah. and I was still drinking to try and, you know, I was just mm, a, I was to cope. a bomb on the edge, donkey on the edge, mm, you know, and, mm, uh, mm. It, uh, you know, I won't go into how bad it got, but it was as bad as you get. And mm. two things, two things happened. Uh, I found a counsellor, Wendy, her name is, and she just you know, detoxed me, but she just went bang, 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 detoxed me, got me, you know, sorted issues, helped me sort out issues quickly and to this day she saved my life without a doubt. She's she's just incredible. And if anyone out there, artists, you know, please contact me, direct message me, I'll give you Wendy's number. She just rocks. She rocks. She, she's, she's a life coach and, and still today, you know, every six months I'll give her a call if something's going on and she's just the most sane person I know. Yeah. But anyway, so and, the, and then the other, of course, what you just said, the ma- major thing, this was my... Uh, big turning point. I remember I was standing in front of my wardrobe and, you know, I was in my dirty jammies and and I was just looking at it and I, it looked like goobly goob, my whole wardrobe. And I'm going, just get dressed, just get dressed. And, and I literally couldn't get dressed. I was just mm. like, this is bad. And my hands, I just remember going, I can't remember not shaking anymore. It was just ridiculously uh, bad, and it's it's. And I, li- I said to myself, right, something's you you gotta you gotta change this up. Mm. And I turned around, I grabbed a piece of paper and I grabbed a pencil and I plonked something down on my uh, kitchen table, and I just started to draw, mm. and I drew and I drew and I drew, and then my baby would wake up and I'd go, okay, you know, I'm gonna you know have a beautiful time with her. And then I go, oh, that thing I did, and I'd go back. Yeah. But what was happening here? Now, in the past, my whole life, I knew I could draw. I mm. knew I had a gift, and I, and I don't want to sound up myself, but I just do. Yeah. But I never gave it time because I never had the patience. Mm. And I would, you know, between acting, I'd go and get the paints, and I'd set something up, and if it didn't work in that one session. I'd rip it up and I'd go, what a load of shit, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not doing that. And it'd be another two years before I'd try. So I didn't have the temperament. Now, what was happening here all of a sudden, because of 
this horrible depression and, the, and my beautiful kid. I was learning how to be an artist. I was forced to keep coming back in. I was forced to learn tenacity, discipline, um, to learn from mm. having fresh eyes. Mm. So how did you, t- so did you start teaching yourself at the beginning? Yeah. To, uh, yep. Because you were doing it so much? Yeah. And then did you, what, did you have classes? And do you know well? what, that teacher from way back at school, she taught me how to, you know, measure, taught, you know, to, you know, draw. And that's what I did. And oh. I just went straight back into that. Yeah. Uh, so and what were you doing, like sort of still life or? Lots of whatever was in the house. So, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was, you know, cups and saucers, my old jewellery boxes, you know, a lot of pearls. And eventually I went into pastels and, uh you know, I've got two t- Toulouse-Lautrec uh, prints in my bedroom that I've... They're big, and I've carried them around since I was 18, every house, because I love his pastel work and the light yeah. and the drama, the theatrics. Yeah, so there I was. I just went straight into pastel. And ah. then I had another child, and the same thing, you know. Were you doing portraiture at that point? No, 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 no. Just learning how to draw and light and... Um, uh, yeah. So just, not paint. You're not painting at that point. Oh God, no! I, I don't think I could have. I couldn't have worked that out. Yeah. Pastel. You can stick that, you know, block of stuff on. You can mix them. The colours are all. It was something that was. You know, it was. A, it was a gradient. Yep. Yep. Um, you, you didn't have to worry about sort of. You know, mixing things up. No. And, you know, sort of liquids no. and that sort of thing. Um, I've got you. Actually, I just saw it this morning. I, there's a you know little portrait I did of Charlie when she was one, and I think it was my first sort of try with paint. But I not nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing really. Um, yeah. So did you go to classes or anything like that after that? Yeah. So then it was you know after well then I put an exhibition on when I had my second daughter was two months old. I put a big show on myself at Blender Gallery, and I oh. had all my pastels and I. You know, it went so well. Yeah, I sold right. everything, and yeah. it was. That must I, have been a real confidence booster. It was. It was. Uh, you know, I I knew I was going all right. I loved what I did. It wasn't. You know, I didn't. It did. I didn't. You know, it's, that's sort of not my nature to go. You know, woohoo! But and I still didn't call myself an artist. Mm, I was going to ask you about that because that's really interesting. Because yeah. people who, you know, you've had a whole successful career. Yeah. And then you're changing tack. Yeah. And then when do you feel like you can legitimately say, I'm yeah. a painter or I'm yeah. an artist, you know? Yeah, 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 what yeah. You, what? I think um, when you're sitting down on a couch with Maria, <laughs> you can safely say something's going on. True. It's true. Yeah. When you uh, get acknowledgement from other people. No, sort of no, thing. well. I said, uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, look, Depend- you're yeah. a two-time mm. Archibald finalist. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can say you're a painter now. Uh, but, but like, do you know what I call yeah. myself? I call myself, and I am an emerging artist. There's no, no freaking 100%. And I, I, no, because I have deep respect for this, this craft, you know, I really do. And it's going to take some bloody Good time, and I've put good time in, but I've mm. also dabbled back with that stupid boyfriend acting, and you know I haven't solidly put my head down to to what it really needs. And uh, th- this whole Archibald, it, it, you know, the the 
irony of being an emerging emerging artist and being a two-time finalist in the Archibald, the irony is not lost on me and I have deep respect and, and I'm so grateful for how it. Was it. How was it um, being selected last year? What Was that a total surprise? God, yeah, 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 both. Um, so how did you move into portraiture? And my husband was starting a new job, a startup, beautiful Picaluna company. It's a funeral business. It's beautiful, but there's no money in startups. And and it was either I go and waitress, or I amp up, you know, this art like right now. Mm. So I just went to every friend, uh, family member, and just said, "Can I paint you?" teenagers give me your teenagers I'll paint them and I you know painted everyone and then I put on a show just down here at a um, beautiful pop-up gallery and and then I I got a lot of commissions from that as well okay which is really lucky Maria because I've got to tell you I am the worst waitress like (laughs) in the world no I'm, I'm not I'm not joking I have I have should I tell you a quick waitress story? Yeah. Okay. I was at the VCA dancing. I was 17 and I, I, I was got this job at the Spaghetti Bar, Leo Spaghetti Bar down Fitzroy Street. It's the coolest joint. It's been around forever. Yeah. And um, I, I go in there my first night and I've got my little apron on and Tim Finn walks in. You remember Split oh, yeah, Ends? Yeah. You remember? Yeah, yeah. Now, I was too young to go to their concerts, but my elder brothers and sisters went to their concerts. And I remember one night my dad drove down to the city, you know, to pick them up from the town hall. And, and I, he said, go in and get them. And I ran in, I opened the back door and I'm looking and I'm going, oh, my fucking God. Look at these mofos with their hair and the makeup. And oh, yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. Anyway, yeah. cut to here I am, young girl, Tim Finn walks into my section of the restaurant and I'm just like, oh, my God. And I walk up with my little notebook. Hello, can I help you? And he goes, doesn't look up and he goes, no. I go, uh, I said, um, sorry? Oh, the knocky. Like this, I'm going, okay. Oh, I'm just going, I don't know what he said. And I, well, then I just went, I don't know what knocky, knocky is. And I've gone... And I've grabbed the menu and I'm going, um, excuse me. I said, could you tell me, what is Noki? He said, oh, I know what effing Noki is. Just get me the Noki. I mean, obviously he was having a bad night. Oh. So I scurried away oh. and I'm looking, thumbing through the, through the menu, Noki, <laughs> K-N-O-C-K-I-E, Noki, Noki. I mean, I'm fresh off the boat from Adelaide country. You know, the closest I think I've had to, you know, Italian food is my mum's dry meatballs. That, that's it. Nothing. I, I, I don't know what the fuck is knocking. And I think I, honestly, I don't know what I, I, oh, I think I found the fish of the day. I found the fish of the day. I'm going, that's all it can be. <laughs> Flake, knocky, that sounds good. I said, I gave him a, I gave him a knocky and a salad and chips or something. And I just, you know, charged him probably 20 cents and then went on my break. Excuse me, I have to go, have, go on my break. <laughs> I mean, I was lovely in a restaurant, really you know, I'm a nice girl, and and but I didn't last long. I, I I moved around a lot to a lot of restaurants during that time. So what? So what was the? What made you decide to enter the Archibald Prize? Is that oh. the first time that you had entered with your portrait last year, of John MacArthur? That was the first time. 
That's yeah. incredible. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a designer, isn't he? He's a clothes designer. With, he, knit, he knits, basically. He knits, yeah. exactly. I, I got him over here and, and, I, and, you know, I had him set up there and, and I threw out my, my drop cloth under my, my uh, easel and I just said to him, this is for me in case I get too excited. This <laughs> case I... You know, that, that's how it started, you know. And um, I, I did a heap of sketches and the whole house was full of... You looked like an exhibition of John. And then uh, I painted the first oil, but it was a bust. And I just went, are you kidding me? Get your big girl pants on. This guy, I mean, the whole juxtaposition great thing is that... You've got this handsome older man who's a, got a Hawaiian shirt on, but he's knitting, like knitting. Yeah. That's exciting. So I started yeah. again. Well, with your two Archibald portraits, yeah. I want to talk about this because it's mm. a very interesting that they both have this, is that the, um, and I think we talked about this before, is that the, um, the flesh that the skin tones are very sort of monochrome yeah. and then you have these really, really vibrant backgrounds yeah. and, um, yeah. and clothing. Yeah. So what, what was it that sort of drew you towards that yeah. effect? Yeah. Okay, so John, it, you know, I, I, am, I am all accidental. I am absolutely flying by the seat of my pants. Nothing <laughs> is planned. Yeah. So underneath that was this other portrait that was all greys and blues and I started just tonally with John I was going to you know then go over with you know different skin tones and glazing and stuff and I kind of got to there and the grey background of blue was looking awful against that and somehow this it was it was it was speaking John it, it said you know guy who loves sun you know, yeah. loves it more than life. Yeah, um, very tanned skin. If I keep going, if I, you know, this, I might lose it. So yeah. I kept it like that. And yeah. because John is colour, that whole background was just not working. And I chose that colour because he is that colour. And I thought it was the only other colour that would go with that shirt or at least not destroy it. So Meryl, I actually went right after John was, you know, quite... Um, you know, quite a thing with that, you know, monochrome. And I thought, right, this year I'm going to really get in there and, you know, glaze up her skin and make it so luminous. Oh, so you intended to do oh, that? 100%. This, you know, I've been reading all these books and, you know, <laughs> and I went, right, the ground, I'm going to get the ground and I'm going to go pink and I'm going to have this luminous pink coming through because she's got quite um, a lot of freckles because she's quite pale. Oh, yeah. And I wanted the pink coming through, then I was going to glaze the bejeebas out of it, you know. <laughs> And, but, and keeping a lot of white in her face because that's what she performed in and that's what she sat with me, a lot of white makeup, oh, pale makeup. Okay, so yep. I wanted to just get this. So the pink ground was going to go. I was going to do something very serious and not as if it was ever going to be serious, but it was. I was going to take it, it all more than what I did last year because, I don't know, your ego starts talking. It oh. starts saying I need to do this and that and the other. And I literally, I had goosebumps and I'm, you know, when I got to that point and I stood back, I'm going, oh, my God, this is so working. I'm going to be sick. It's so good. <laughs> and I did. I just had goosebumps everywhere and I said, but how can I enter that? Can I really stop? And so I uh, put her in the hallway for, you know, a month. Oh. And uh, 
to so at the level where it is now exactly and with that background that yes bright pink background yes and but you realized that it was working but you I was too scared I thought just put it away and then mm. when you get fresh eyes on it you'll go right I'm ready to glaze I'll just you know make this beautiful you know beautiful (laughs) skin tones and you know, we might just lose that. I don't know what I'll do with that background, but we're just going to, you know, make it, you know, natural or I'll go in for grass or paint her on grass or, you know, something. because oh, of that story. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll YouTube how to paint bloody grass for <laughs> 10 hours and I'll, I'll bloody knock oh, out seriously? some... seriously? What are you going to yeah. do, bro? John also... MacArthur's arms, he is so hairy. I, he Like, he really... People go, oh, is this... And I say, yes, they are. I went on YouTube and studied... You know, animal hair painting for hours. <laughs> I mean, those arms, I had to I had to wipe them off a few times because I'm going, you can't, you can't, put them, you know. But they are real. He's got these blonde, beautiful, hairy arms. Yeah. So YouTube's really good like that. Yeah, YouTube's great. Yeah. So you would... And she's contemporary. If there's anyone who needs a contemporary portrait, it's Meryl. That portrait is... is capturing a moment can you tell me about that oh oh my goodness so yeah my hero my my absolute hero four years ago I I founded this charity called Ballet Wings and it basically I basically get kids from who are really struggling into uh through an audition process into the most elite ballet schools I find them sponsors and they you know have Ballet. Mm, brilliant. It's beautiful. Great idea. The best schools in Sydney. Mm. Anyway, um, Meryl was working with my sister in Adelaide. On, she, my sister's a, a concert pianist. She's incredible. She's won Helpman Awards. She's insanely mm. clever, wow. Gabriella Smart. And she told Meryl about what I was doing with this charity. And Meryl, long story short, came to my house. <laughs> oh, Maria. I'd, pl- I'd made this whole platter, beautiful platter, I didn't bring it out. I didn't offer a tea. I just was like, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to just squeeze every bit of information out of it. Long story short, I convinced her to work in workshops with all of my uh, ballet kid, ballet wings kids. So oh, we worked wow. in the PCYC Woolloomooloo, PCYC Redfern, the, the community centres, the oh. town hall in Redfern. She worked with all these crazy, oh, fabulous kids and fantastic. it was unreal. So then I, so I spent quite a bit of time with Meryl and she's quite, she's quite intimidating. Sorry, Meryl, but you are. <laughs> she's very reserved. Oh, and so to from, that, from that portrait she doesn't look that reserved, but yes. <laughs> oh, she is a comedian. She has the driest wit. She is so funny. She oh, is so funny. But yeah. after spending that time and after... You know what? I just wanted to cap. I knew I would have her if I painted her in the lane of that that cheek, that that smirk. That you know, she's she's seeing something we're not quite seeing yet. Mm. You know, she knows what's going on. And mm-hmm. so I asked her, "Can I paint you?" And she said, mm. "She said, well, we're not going to do anything boring, are we?" <laughs> I said, like, "Well, of course we're not. We're both performers, as if we're going to ever." And she goes, "I want to be in it." I said, "We're going to be in it." I said, "So what do we want to do?" I said, "I see lawn. I'd love to do lawn." She said, "Well, I, you know, I could be having a tea party. I remember doing this performance. I had a tea party on my own." I said, "Okay," and then she said, "Well, you know, I've got all the costumes." I said, "What?" She says, "I have all the costumes in storage, all catalogued. 
I said, what a girlfriend, let's talk costume. <laughs> and she, I said, what's your favourite costume? And she said, well, she said, there's this one. I found it in a vintage shop in Perth. It's black and yellow stripe. And I performed in it with Peter Bausch. I said, oh, my God. I said, what did you perform? She said, well, I was talking about insects and how to get rid of insects and, uh, you know, flies. And she, I said, well, yeah, and she told me this story on stage. She shimmies out of her underpants. She had two pairs on, by the way. And she puts them on her head to explain this is actually what. So I'll just quickly tell you. So in, Meryl lived in Darwin and her father owned, owned a very shiny black FJ Holden and he loved to drive. So they would drive from Darwin to Melbourne and back in their holidays. That's, that was their holidays. And because they would stop along the way to have their sandwiches, the flies in the outback were just, you know, ferocious. So yeah. mum came up with the ingenious idea of grabbing their little nylon undies out of their bags and pulling them over their faces so the flies wouldn't get in their nose and eyes and they oh. could lift up and eat their sandwich <laughs> without being completely swarmed by flies. So then I had to go and, you know, go to David Jones and I tried on every pair of see-through undies on my head <laughs> until it got so weird I just went oh this is not good and I I went to Spotlight and just found some fabric and you know stitched the little lace on and made the oh so you made them yeah oh you made a prop for I the I made uh, a prop <laughs> you recently had a couple of months ago you yep. had a great show at Walker Gallery yep with these Brilliant uh, watercolor, so mixed media yep. with watercolor gouache and collage. Yeah, they're underwater scenes, aren't they? It's, it's quite a departure from your portraiture. Yeah, because it's semi-abstract. Yeah, it's very fluid. It's yep. very loose. Yeah. Uh, what What was it that made you go in that direction? Yeah. Like, what were you looking for? What What, mm. what was the idea? Mm. After all those years, all those you know, four five years of portraiture, like seriously sitting and standing, I needed to let loose, you know. I really wanted to explore something else to have an exhibition with and I was walking down the beach at Kalbara Beach and there was all this fresh seaweed poured up on the on the sand and, it, you know, with all the talk of how, you know, polluted our seas are, it was just a joyous moment of looking at this strong, luscious textural seaweed and I went that's what I'm going to paint I'll get into that so I went oh. back to the shack and I just painted all this realistic seaweed and then to rock pools and then I you know I, I, I push it very quickly and I just went got when I got home I just grabbed watercolors and started throwing them around different types of paper and just exploring how I could transport that ocean mm. in another you know another way and then mm. it became it's you know it's the actor in me I just it they all became a story and it was just you know the all the there was blue bottles in every one of them because mm. they're just so divine and the tendrils and and mm. then Gary appeared the crab because his shell is so texturally so much fun and mm. so each one was set in Gary's garden well you know. I love Gary because he's got there's so much, there's, there's, it's a mixture of detail mm. and sort of a loose wash as well. Like you've got so many areas of, of, of 
unstructured areas and then mm. and then you've got these creatures that are a bit more detailed and a bit more you mm. know. so yeah I got yeah. to move I got to really get a bit loose and move so yeah they're great I'd love that as a, a kid's book actually I think that's what I'll, I'll definitely uh, Gary will have his own kid's book ah uh, would you write it oh shall I read you a little bit yes <laughs> Okay, oh so God. listen to me now. Please don't crucify me. This is like me up at, you know, three in the morning going, oh, Gary, Gary needs his own book. And it hasn't been edited. This is like the first five oh. minutes of it, right? Yeah. So it'll be about the environment, you know, but I never will throw that down anyone's throats. It's about Gary's garden. Mm-hmm. And Gary is the star, of course. And But it's also this, well, this particular, uh, what do you call it, a book will be uh, about colour. And I would have a like a yellow, uh, mag- not magnifying, like a glass that would come out attached to the book so a kid could look through yellow. Right. I'll just read it to you and yeah. see if you get what yeah. I mean. A yellow slice of plastic drifted down onto Gary's head. He'd been dozing almost asleep in his floating tulip bed. It was 2.45 when Gary opened one eye. Was that Barry, the blue jelly, looking sick to his belly? Not feeling too good, Barry. You look positively green. I can't dilly-dally, said Barry to Gary. There's a mighty big jelly, the biggest I've seen, and it's trying to catch me. It's selfish and mean. Poor old Barry was sick with fear. I'll hide you, said Gary, amongst the light green over here. Do you get me? So he's a blue, he's he's blue, but because Gary's got this yellow, he looks green. Yeah. You know what? I love children's books because Same. of the, the good, illustrations. Great, yeah. And I can see that these paintings would be such a trigger for their imaginations. Yes. They're yeah. suggesting things that at first glance you can't see. You exactly. Know? Do you feel a pressure now, having been in the Archibald twice, yeah. to take a certain traditional route in your career? Like... Do you feel like a pressure now? You've got to find a gallery um, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Or, what? How do you feel about that? What I've learnt in you know, and I've had a speed learning curve the last obviously two years, and you just got to. I have to surround myself with people I trust, and you know that that uh, are going to let me grow. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't. <laughs> I'm the first to put my hand up. I'm doing everything. And I'm, you know, mm. I have a gift for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. And I and I want to explore. I'll find it. You know, I, I'm not, I, I don't give up. And um, and you're doing a lot of stuff. I, I am think doing a lot of stuff. And, it, and some people find it confusing. It's like, bite me. Yeah, totally. Bite me. I agree. Yeah. Come on my journey or don't. I don't care. You know, and I, and you know, yeah, I'd love to just be in one lane, and, and but I do. When I have an exhibition, I will be in one lane, and I'll I'll fight, and I'll I'll do it. Mm. Um, and uh, well, whatever you, I think that's the thing with um, artists. What whatever they produce, it's them. Yeah, just because it's you different, know, it's different, or it, you're still using your own natural talents yeah. and your own yeah inspiration to yeah. produce what you produce. You know. You know, when I grow up, I just, I, you know, I want to be this abstract, uh, you know, mad painter. I, you know, I see myself in down south in a little shack with a huge studio and my big canvases up, and you know, that's that's where my big, you know, my, that's really gets my 
floats oh, my boat, really? you know. So you, and, and that's something that you think at this stage it doesn't fit your lifestyle to I, be doing that. I'm always that. doing it too, Maria. I'm always, and I've, I've got a group show at St Cloche in just at Christmas and I'm I'm putting, she, God, I love Kitty. She she said, yeah, I love your abstract. Like I I don't show them, I, I but I've always done it and I love it. And I is that? flipping love it. Is that, uh, what medium are you Paint, using? Paint, acrylic because right. it dries quickly. When and I, is it so it's different from your watercolors? I take it, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So possibly closest to this, you know, this feel. So like the collages we're looking at, the on collage your yeah. more that way, yeah. more just uh, see more more in, in, layers with, and and shapes and balance of every. And I know mm, it's the hardest thing. Mm. I think that's why I'm not out there loud and proud with it because I know it's going to take, it's the hardest thing. It's harder than any painting because it's so subjective and it's, it takes, you know, I'll find that lane, but eventually that's where I'll be. And also I just wanted to last week ask you about if you have a routine, if you, are you sort yeah, of, is it, no, is I you... do these days and, you know, it's, you know, I've, if I've got a deadline, like somebody's got a portrait they need done for, you know, something or, and, uh, you know, an exhibition, I'll be every day without fail. It's non-negotiable. Sand shoes come on and I go and do something, either a daggy, you know, gym class or a yoga or a walk every, every day, mm -hmm. every day. So if it's, uh, I might have to go early, but I'm back at the house at, to eight, I'm a shift worker. And then I start my first shift, which is feeding my kids. You know, they eat beautifully and I make all their lunches mm. and I get the littlest one to school. And I will be back here at nine o'clock and I will stay in there in, you know, hell, heaven, whatever goes on until three. And then I pick up. I've, I've done it all, picked them up, made every lunch. And then I start, feed him again. Uh, do I meditate every day at five without ah, fail? So the same time every day? Yeah. Oh. Going to meditate, everyone, shut up. That's what I say. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> five o'clock's an interesting time to it meditate. Is an it's a great because time. It's... Well, it's either that or a bottle of wine, don't you reckon? <laughs> Actually, that's really interesting. And I've had it by five. I'm like ready to go, yeah. how am I going to start the ne next shift of dinner, mm. you know, listening to the, you know, your daughters, you know, one's doing work experience. Have I got that director organised? Have I got this? Have I, all that, you know, the next thing. So I disappear. Andrew Marsh, I learnt meditation from oh, three years ago and it saved my, see, and in my exercise and my meditation, that's mm. how I keep saying. Yep. yep. And it gets, that meditation, it just I'm just like energised and I go, right, what's the next? And how long do you do? 20 minutes, TM meditation. If you need a meditation teacher in Sydney, Andrew Marsh is in Bondi. He's awesome. Okay. He's a great guy. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and he yeah. actually does a, like a, a Monday night group session so you can just roll up with your blanket and your Ugg boots and he sits there and chats about, you know, yeah. what's going on in life and... People bring up what's, you know, upsetting or crazy or we all have a, you know, laugh and then a meditate together. Mm. Oh, that sounds perfect. So that's my yeah. bit. And, yeah. Oh, that sounds And brilliant. then I'm like, if you said any more, I'll go back in 
at night and do something else. Oh, so you'll leave the easy night. stuff? I'll leave, like, when I was doing that, all the collage stuff, I leave that. I'll, I'll blue tack it where I love it. And then the night time, I always do the easy stuff and then try and set up for the next day that, you know, mm. you know what it's yeah, like. Yeah, because you don't want to have, well, you don't want to be painting in, well, I find, no. in artificial light. Yeah. Well, it, unless you've got the lighting sorted out. Yeah. I think it's quite difficult. It's, it's not, and you're tired too. Yeah, you can, yeah. Um, well, Dee, you know what? It has been such a delight <laughs> meeting you. It's great. Aww. Thank you so much for your time today in Maria. your beautiful house. Wow, it's so I feel so inspired. I'm going to go home and get the brushes out. Oh, good. And um, good, good, good luck with 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 the Archibald and with the, there's going to be touring around the country and and with your upcoming shows. Thank you, Maria. I feel incredibly grateful to be sitting here with you. I really do. I think you're marvellous. What a fabulous artist. I hope you enjoyed that one. Check out Dee's work in the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Also, her mixed media and abstract works will be exhibited in two group shows later this year, and I'll keep you updated about that on social media. I'll get a short video of Dee in her studio online soon, so just go to the Talking With Painters YouTube channel to see that, as well as lots of other videos of guests on the podcast. You can also subscribe to the channel and, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or however else you get your podcasts. And you can also follow the show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening and hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking With Painters. By 9am I'm in there mm. and I'm just all day just discovering and learning mm. and mm. I can do it whenever I want. And it yeah. works around everything yeah. in my life. And I, I don't, it's not a bad boyfriend. It's a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous girlfriend that I just, you know, play with every day. No one telling me I can't. Yeah.